Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Any uh, kids we don't yeah. see you? Good night. Thanks for finishing that. Uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. It's a podcast. It's about craft beer, and it's about film. And my name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. Together, that's us. We're a podcast. Yeah. If you haven't heard us before, like I just said, we cover craft beer and film, and we cover two craft beers and one movie each and every week. If you have not seen a film called Yesterday... Don't worry, we're not going to spoil it till the end of the show. Um, really quickly, Johnny, would you please tell these fine, probably looking folks uh, where they can find us on the internet? I don't know what they look like. They might be gross. Yeah, all the social medias are at Fresh Hop Cinema, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can follow us on Untapped and Letterboxd for movie and beer reviews. Find us on our website, freshhopcinema.com. We have all of our episodes there where you can listen. You can check out beer and movie reviews. Also, if you feel like supporting for as little as a dollar an episode, you can get on Patreon and get access to cool exclusive content and some crazy fun good time parties. Yeah, we just recorded some bonus content that we uh, are going to release there in a couple of days here. Uh, and we called it Orange Creamsicles. And there's a whole bunch of fun stuff that we talked about, mostly about our weekends and mm-hmm. uh, stuff. I yeah. guess I don't want to spoil it. So go check out Patreon if you want to be in on those uh, tasty, tasty details. Those are really, uh, really a peek behind the velvet curtain mm-hmm. that is the velour that protects our personal lives. What does velour mean? Is that real? It's a, yeah. V- I'm not going to challenge it. I've it always, sounds really good. I've always heard it in relation to like velvet or like, uh, okay. like a crushed velour. I, I think it's it? the same thing as velvet. V- V-A-L-O-U-R? That's close to valor, but it's you're right, not valor. valor. Okay. Maybe it's brave velvet. Well, bonus points if you guys write in, uh, which is the other thing we didn't mention. You can also email us at fhccast.com. If you want to email us with the exact word-for-word definition of valour. Valour? That sounds way too elvish. Valour. Valour. Okay. Uh, yeah, just got to like not make it so intense. Yeah, I'll try to remember to Google that later. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure, that's fine. Uh, did anybody give us beer we shout? We need to shout yeah, out Yeah, so this that's week? what I was going to get to. So we're going to jump into our first beer here, and the first beer we are drinking. Oh, last thing. This episode comes out July 2nd, 2019, which means if you were paying close attention, we do this once a week. So this will be our official 4th of July episode. So if you're out there celebrating with friends and family, happy 4th from us to you. We should make a note to talk about 4th of July's. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, our first beer here is called the 4th of Juicy. It's made by Heretic Brewing, and it was given to us by Miyagi. He gave us a beer for last week's episode also, a beer from Treehouse Brewing, which was delicious. And a little bit subtle and mellow. And I'm going to go ahead and say that this beer will not be either of those things because it is a New England-style quadruple IPA coming in at 14% ABV. And, uh, Johnny, you've been drinking beer longer than I have and probably craftier beer for longer. Have you ever had a quadruple IPA? Yes. Okay, and has it ever been 14%? Yes. Really? There's some big ones out there. See, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen. The closest I've come is like a triple IPA. The one that comes to mind is like Simtra from Knee Deep. Um, Or like... We did a really strong one from, um, 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 it was called Rain Rainmaker Rain Man from I think it was local craft beer, okay, uh, out of like Tehachapi. I yeah, think there. that sounds right. But I don't think I've ever crossed into the fourteen percent with a with an IPA. Wasn't that Straw Man? Yeah, it's like some one of those. Yeah, because it had like a scarecrow. Or Grain guy. Man, maybe. Maybe this is the thing of rain and, and straw. I think I, Grain, grain Man. I think, I think it was that's grain what man. it was because it was like a wheat IPA yeah. or something. Case closed. We did it. Yeah, we're geniuses. We are indeed. Not uh, even part time. No. Full time. Little shout out there. 
full-time genius. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so that is the beer we're drinking. Fourth of Juicy by Heretic. I've never had it. You've never had this actual beer, have you, Johnny? No, I have not. Okay, well, tell me what you're looking at, what you're pouring it out of, and what you're pouring it into, please. What I'm looking at is you with a glass that is full that needs to be quaffed. And now also, this is a 16-ounce can with a cool red, white, and blue label. Fourth of Juicy, written in big red letters on a blue background with heretic being emblazoned in white in a very flag-like pattern, which makes me feel very proud to be American. And it poured a nice, very not-see-through, kind of a dull yellow. I'm calling it. Uh, a little bit straw colored, decent head. It looks carbonated to a, an appropriate level. I was gonna say it doesn't look quite as like, um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know, maybe predictably juicy. Like I, I was kind of picturing more of like a yellow. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm just staring at your lovely color, colorful shirt today. And that's what I predicted. It's possible. Something more of like a like an orange kind of burnt orange sort of looking thing. Yeah. How's uh, it taste? That is hot. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, but it kind of goes away. But you, de- you can definitely taste the booze in that. That is, um, yeah, that's a little sharp. I would say Heretic is not, at least in my brain, I don't think of them as being the most, uh, the most subtle brewery in the world. No, that is not a subtle beer. So you keep almost like taking a drink and like kind of like almost shuddering. Yeah. Is it good or is it like just just so abrupt that you're not even sure yet? Um, it's like sipping really weak whiskey. Oh really? It's like whoo, whoo. That's dude. That's such like a. It's making it go whoo. Yeah, there's a little whoo, whoo. Uh, like a, a problem that can arise from particularly like hoppy strong beers. Whereas you could totally disguise this in a strong stout. Sure. Like you could cover it with chocolate or vanilla or whatever adjuncts you're adding. But here it's like with sweetness. Yes, yeah, sweetness or hoppiness, and either way, it's going to be really abrasive. Well, and historically speaking, that's why quadruple IPAs are much, much more sweet than are you're quadru- used to. Are there enough quadruple IPAs to say historically? No, uh, there's a, yeah, I would say so. Right. Just like triple IPAs, they're way on the sweeter side usually. Maybe it's just me. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of a quadruple IPA. Like I remember here, Miyagi was like, "Yeah, it's a quadruple IPA." I was like, "Man, I just, <laughs> no, they're out there." Like uh, I'm pretty sure um, Moonraker makes a couple. Like well, sure, they get around. They only. Make I mean, IPAs. It's, it's not like a thing that everyone does. Three of them, but they're they're around. I think they're pretty well represented. I don't know. All right. Sure. My goal for the next week is to find several quadruple IPAs and make you drink them. Let's do it. You put it next to that oyster stout, my dude. That's right. And then we'll drink a Clamato also. What if there's an oyster quad IPA? Honestly, dude, it might be. But I'll, like, I don't know. So that was what I was going to get at with this is that until you suggested that I might be wrong, I didn't think there were that many of these. So my fear, because I still haven't taken my first sip, but my fear is like, it's just going to be so abrasive and so much like, look how strong we can make this, that it's going to be unenjoyable. And that's yeah, always right. the risk that I think these kind of things run. You know what I mean? Yes. You're not entirely wrong. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying it's hot, um, just so I can get an idea of what to expect going in. It's yeah. a little bit hotter. Are there hot? Is there hoppiness? Is it? Is there any bit of levity? Is it light at all, or is it just really just heavy and hot and? You it's know? thick. You get a little bit of hoppiness, a little bit of sweetness, and then it's just it's really sharp. Very. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Okay. Yeah. I was about to do it just inadvertently. Um. Okay. Yeah. You're not wrong. I think the the truest thing you said is the thickness mm-hmm. and just and maybe it's not even actual mouthfeel. It's just sweetness that I'm getting. That's so much. Yeah. Um. This. It, yeah. This some, beer isn't a joke. Something this sweet shouldn't be this uh bitingly alcoholic. Yeah. It's a weird like juxtaposition of these two sensations. Like you have you do have. Yeah, you expect like 
like a roundness at the end and it's just like whammo here's a punch of of booze it doesn't even taste like beer booziness no. it really strikes me as more of a almost a rubbing alcohol type yeah t- like taste i was gonna say like like almost like a you ever uh reduce like a wine or or even a bourbon like for a glaze or something yeah and you get that kind of like but if you taste that reduction before it's reduced like there's that kind of if you're mixing like a barbecue sauce or something, like you get the sweetness from the sauce, but also like, oh, there's still alcohol in that. Mm-hmm. It needs to go away. Yeah. They were just like, no, it doesn't. Put it in a can. Let's ship it out. Yes. All this to say, I don't know if I hate it. I certainly don't love it. Do you love this? No. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. No. It smells like uh, feet soaked in rubbing alcohol. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. It's. I was going to say it smells almost like when you walk into a fermentation room. We're saying like there's just so much of that, um, what smells almost like unprocessed grain or alcohol or something like that. It smells like a new pair of rubber gloves. Okay. Yeah. Not latex. Rubber. Maybe no latex gloves. Oh, really? Yep. New, like a again. brand new pair of like powdered latex gloves. I don't know, man. There's a lot of that sweetness that I don't associate with with uh, changing my oil. I put on latex gloves when I change my oil. All right. Do you not do that? I thought that was like a weird sex thing. No. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no. Um no, like I put on latex gloves. That's that's like my one experience with them. Um, yeah. You know, like when doctors do like a... Yeah. Oh, those, yeah. those, right? I use those a ton in food prep. I always oh, have sure. a box of nitrile gloves, and I do use them when I work on my car, uh, but also meat prep. It's really great. It cuts down the reduce... Mm-hmm. Uh, it cuts down the risk of cross-contamination. Totally. So you just like cut up chicken or pork and then just it's toss the gloves. Particularly with those meats. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I cook a lot, so... Plus all the cool barbecue guys on Instagram wear gloves. Ah. Uh, but yeah. it, and you when you barbecue a lot, you're handling meat post and pre-production. Yep. Oh, yeah, totally. So it's like you'd be washing your hands constant, constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to just flip the gloves off, go from cooking meat and prepping to, like, veggies. So Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm way uh, too much information about my usage of good. gloves. Uh, I'm going to read what's on the can here. Um, and just uh, – we're going to double down, I think. I'm just kind of glancing oh. at this. It's, it's hard to <sighs> – I always make this mistake. I don't look if the writing is vertical or horizontal, and then we open the beer. And it just so happens I have to turn this can almost to the point where it's going to tip out just to read this. But it feels very, uh, very America here. So bear with me. One of the greatest things about America is is the freedom we have to brew just about any beer we want. Not every country is so lucky with punishing taxes or outdated rules on ingredients that makes beers like the one you hold in your hand impossible. Our American freedom. Is that a stab at Germany? I think it was. The the (laughs) Reinheitsgebot. Um, our American freedom is what is what has made this crazy creative craft beer world possible, and we think that is the reason we should all celebrate. Cheers. My mouth is uh, burning like I just did a shot of vodka. Is that right? I just drank what was left in my glass, and like the side of my tongue Kinda is straight up. up tingling. Uh, so is it – because sometimes <sighs> – I mean, I'm not a, a vodka guy per se. I certainly don't shoot it, but is it enjoyable? Is this experience – not vodka. Is this – was that enjoyable too? Absolutely not. Okay. No, like, but like in a bar, it might have been the right because nobody just drinks vodka shots for fun. I don't think. Sure. Nobody like takes vodka. It's like this is gonna be a good time. It's usually circumstantial. You're in a bar, like, oh, let's do a shot. That's cool. But nobody's like, I'm gonna really enjoy this shot of vodka. I do that. Okay, well then maybe you can attest why this is worse than just a shot of vodka. Well, because it tastes like really sweet beer. Yeah, I would much prefer a shot of vodka. Vodka tastes like vodka. It's supposed to taste like that. This. Tastes like sickly sweet, overly alcoholic. Yeah, it is rough, man. I just had another drink. It is. It's not. Uh, it's not easy to drink. No. And if a beer is not good to taste or easy to drink, yeah, 
what's the point? Well, now here's the question because we do have, I will say just by lifting this can, I'm going to say like another six, not quite six, like four to five ounces. Do you want to chug it for America? Well, that's the thing. If you do, if you, cause I still have some in my glass and I poured more than you cause my glass is bigger. If you don't drink this, is there a part of you that's saying you don't appreciate the freedom that allowed us to make this God given beer? <laughs> Well, God didn't give us the beer. God gave us everything. Uh, <laughs> you Sorry. shut your mouth. Yeah. America. Um, you so you're asking me is that... I'm, I'm not even accusing. I'm just saying, is there a discussion to be had that if you don't take another drink from this beer, you're not as American as, say, me, who is going to finish my beer? I don't know. Once Maybe. again, you can write us in. I feel like I'm <laughs> employing not. my right to protest. Well played. Which is the most American thing we can do. That's true. Although I would argue there are two amendments about alcohol specifically, which in this scenario only uh, defeat any other clause mm -hmm. in the Constitution. Freedom of speech. Still beats it because there's I two. I plead the fifth. Two of, oh, you got two there. Okay. <laughs> uh, in any case, now I think we should um, maybe give some final thoughts on the 4th of Juicy by Heretic and then maybe move on because uh, we have other stuff to discuss also. And this isn't uh, maybe the best beer we've ever had in our lives. Sucks. I don't like it. Not at all. No. You don't, so this is a one. This is happening again. Eh, I wouldn't call it a one because okay. like it is like chokingly drinkable. Yeah. Uh, but it will be a struggle. Uh, but I think for America that we're probably going to pour what's left in our glass and just shoot it down. Just take, yeah. just take it yeah. like real Americans okay. take taxes. Just bend over. <laughs> Time to pay. <laughs> this beer sucks though. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sorry, yeah. heretic. Okay. I, that's, you know, this is. Half my show, and that's 100% my opinion. I wonder, that was, I like the math there. I want to raise one more point, which is in the past, we have often, or at least every now and again, um, at least weighed the significance of the fact that this is a strong beer. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, certainly you and I and other people have been known to drink to get drunk. And if that is your goal, this beer is a 10, I think. Maybe. How much was it? I don't know. Actually, okay. Uh, again, given to us. Okay, here's a fun game. What would you pay for this beer? Right. Um, so there, I have I have two parts to this. One is like, it's not super enjoyable. But two, it's like when before you and I tasted it, we're like, this is a cool idea. What yeah. a fun beer. So like, I don't know if I were going to a bottle share and wanted to bring something fun, especially if it were a Fourth of July weekend, I would probably pay eight bucks for this. Yeah, I would say eight or nine to ten. You know, like nine ninety nine is about the the highest. Yeah, if end. this is more than ten, I think I think even for the gimmick. It's too much. And this was probably a $12 can. Yeah, I think so too. But I, I think if you see this for six bucks, get it for fun and then make people try it. See, I didn't know anything about this beer as far as ABV or even what style until we opened it. I just saw the oh. label and it said Fourth of Juicy. And sure. I figured it was, uh, you know, one of like their Make America Juicy again, just like a, right. Right. a hazy IPA. I didn't realize it was going to be a quad. So. Also, can I just point out like, the sweetness here is not really like a juicy sweetness to no. me. It's just like over it's fermented. Saccharine. Like, yeah. Uh, so I don't even know that I would call this a like a New England style IPA. Uh, it doesn't like it takes tastes very similar to like a triple West Coast to me. It's mostly sweetness with some hot presence kind of at the end. It's like alcoholic sugar water. Yeah. yeah the, the, the things that define beer are vaguely present, if at all, in this. Yeah. Um, I can't give this higher than like a 2.7. 2.7 for you. Okay, uh, I landed on a three. So similar, similar ballpark here. Yeah. Um, what we didn't, or did we say at the beginning? I don't think we did. Did you mention um, Letterboxd and yes. Untapped? Okay. Well, you're going to be able to find our reviews for this because we're we're just about the same number on this. It's going to translate to like a one point five out of five stars. Yeah. Um, but once again, that was Fourth of Ju Sai. I'm going to say that. 
by Fourth heritage. Of J-U-I-C. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Miyagi. I'm, uh, let me know. I know you said you had a couple of these, um, but I think you literally said you had three, so I don't know if even you remember if you enjoyed them, but let me know. And if you guys listening get a chance to try this, let us know what you think. Maybe it's your favorite beer. Uh, tweet us, Instagram, write in other forms if you'd like. See us out. Whatever. Send us a letter in the mail. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable moving along to Flick Picks? No, we have to shoot this beer first. Oh, are we? Okay. Well, it's, again, it's for America. This is the thing that comes up, though. We literally we can't do it at the same time. All right. So we can we're pr- we'll, we'll do the cheers. Yeah, for sure. And then I'll go. Sure. Yep. Uh, fill the silence. Though. I know. I was going to fill. So you're going to have that, and then we're going to move into Flick Picks. And Johnny, do you have a Flick Pick this week? Because at <gasps> one point, you were touting your um, your newly developed vigor for, for crushing through the AMC's top 100 films. Nay. Nay. I have fallen... To the roadside of motivation and time. I've been having simply too much fun on the weekends and being too lazy after work watching cooking shows. That's fair. Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll also get into. Yeah. I'm watching uh, Chef, which is just a, called Chef? a series based on the Jean Favreau film of the same name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic Netflix original. It's I- with uh, Jean Favreau and Roy Choi. And guests, right? And many guests, yeah. many, many guests. They have chefs. They go to restaurants, cook with chefs. The chefs cook for them. Then they cook for the chefs. It's really not about anything other than how much John Favreau and Roy Choi like hanging out with each other. Sure. Uh, and Roy Choi was kind of the, not inspiration, but his life was so similar to the movie Chef. Uh, he was actually hired as a consultant to John Favreau. He was his trainer for the movie Chef. Uh Culinary trainer. Yes. Weird. He basically taught him how to cook the recipes like a real chef would because the the point was they wanted to get the movie right because so many movies get cooking wrong and it always pisses chefs off. Oh, sure. So that they got sense. you know a world-class chef to come in there and tell Jon Favreau what's up. So and what? they have a very yeah, okay. uh, like Padawan-Jedi relationship sure. in this show. It's, it's amazing. I guess I didn't know it was based on a movie. I'd never seen Chef. Well, it, it was a, a, movie? Gr- it like was a, a great movie. movie. Okay. It was a Netflix original with Jon Favreau. Huh. So yeah. I had watched, and this is like a relatively new series. Yeah. Yeah. It came out within the last few months. Yeah. So I watched one with Gwyneth Paltrow, I think. Yeah. Is there one of those? The show? Yeah. 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 The, she, yeah. The episode. She was her. on the very first episode. Okay. So that's where I started. They were cooking at the headquarters of her food company, Goop. Yeah. Okay. It's a vegan food company. So I really appreciated the fact that, like, they, I think they have two cameras. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, one camera will back up and kind of like show, um, like how they kind of set their scene, mm-hmm. which is so cool to me. And I'll get into that when, when I talk about uh, my, my hot and bothered later, I love like behind the scenes of, of shows in general, but like particularly cooking shows. Cause I've been watching a lot of master chef lately. Totally. Um, and, and, and increasingly it starts to feel scripted. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice like peek behind the curtain or the, the velour mm-hmm. and then just pick, Oh, so this is what's actually happening. Um, so I appreciate the transparency cause you don't see that oftentimes on cooking shows. Totally. Which is very cool. Yeah. And it's a really entertaining show because it's, it's a story of of cooking and food and camaraderie and also their friendship and their relationship of mentor and mentoree. Uh, uh, pupil? Yeah, pupil. Uh, mentor and pupil. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. Not exactly right, but, but you know, close. teacher and student. Yeah, there you for go. For very base terms. So, yeah. But yes, uh, I'm actually see my hot and bothered next week because yeah, okay. I am currently in the process of creating a movie viewing. Oh, you're, you're saying it out loud. Paradise. I love it. I'm setting it in stone. Yeah, good. For, you know, accountability's sake. I'd like to, once that's finished, and I won't give away too much, obviously, now, but I'd like to be a part of that. Once, That'd be fun. Let's coordinate, because yeah. I want a free night to come and experience the joy you're describing. Let's do it. All right. It'll be good. So I um, 
knuckled down and I, I learned about this new, not a new movie per se, but it's new to uh, Amazon Prime. So if you are a Prime subscriber, there's a film you can stream now on Amazon. And it is Idris Elba's directorial debut. That makes me really excited. Right. So I saw that and, and I remember this movie coming across my radar um, not terribly long ago, but not in the past six months. And it's a film called Yardie. It came out in uh, Y-A-R-D-I-E, 2018. Um, and it's essentially, a, it's, a, it's a crime drama um, starring a fellow who I've never seen. And his name is Amal Adim, Adin, excuse me. Um, and I'll just read kind of the summary here that is on the internet. And this is, it starts in Jamaica, 1973, when a young boy witnesses his brother's assassination. A powerful Don gives him a home. But 10 years later, when he's sent to London, his past catches up with him. Sounds very cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, it kind of is. Like, there's not a ton of predictability or unpredictability, I guess. Okay. Um, How was the journey, though? It was really good. Like, I mean, unless you've been exposed to the Jamaican dialect, though, this is kind of a tough movie to watch without subtitles. Okay. It's a very particular thing. I think the last time I've seen it in mainstream film was like Luke Cage, mm. um, season two. Okay. Um, but it's a fascinating snapshot particularly like the first um maybe 20 minutes of the movie all takes place in jamaica and it's really really interesting and then the movie unfolds kind of as you would expect there's a couple of twists but you're like i I get that i knew it was coming um but it's really fascinating to see there's almost no i can't think of one mainstream actor in this so that's lovely because it kind of takes you um and lets you sort of absorb this new culture that for me, at least I hadn't seen. That removes a lot of expectation too. You're not totally. hyper focused on any one person in the movie. Yes. I love that. Um, and while this is not like an amazing movie, I don't, I don't think there are some really beautiful shots. And for a directorial debut, I think Idris Elba as a director has a real shot at doing some great stuff. I love Idris Elba. He's great. He's and so great. He's like, I'm always kind of hot and cold with him. Like I, dark tower was probably not his fault. That was obviously like it <laughs> right. wasn't a good movie. He was fine in it. Um, he's like in in the Thor movies or in Marvel. He's he R.I.P. Uh, was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- I think there's a real potential for him to shine behind the camera. Nice. Um, so keep your eyes open for that if you want to check it out. Like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. It's called A Yardy, uh, and I think it's worthwhile if for no other reason just to see kind of the direction that Idris Elba is heading. Nice. Give us an out of 10 on Yardi. Yeah. So I finished it today. I watched it today because I wanted to make sure I had a flick pick. And and I think it's going to be pretty middle of the road. Um, I'm going to give it a like a two and a half out of or a five out of 10. Okay. It's it's good. Okay. Um, there's not, not a whole lot new aside from the director, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Um, the lead is very charismatic. There's some really, really cool shots. There's a shot driving down a dark road and there's like orange street lights. It's very, very um, picturesque in a lot of points. Okay. Um, but p- pretty violent at points. So like maybe don't go in thinking it's the most lighthearted of movies, but themes of like destiny and like, can you change who you really are? Like what's important in life if, it, if it's your, um, your legacy or your family or like that kind of stuff is always very interesting to me. Okay. And has a lot of that. Nice. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm going to stick around a five out of 10. Sweet. But worthwhile. And once again, that's Yardy. Yardy. Available to stream on Amazon Prime. Indeed. Very cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I love Idris Elba. It's great to see people that we've enjoyed in film get behind the lens. Yeah. I think back to Booksmart. Oh, yeah. Great. Yep. Yep. Remember her? What's her name? Olivia Wilde. I couldn't remember. I'm glad you did. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. No, it's a really really cool thing that, that, I mean, I feel like one of the, the best ways to learn the craft of directing is like to be an actor and like sort of take that direction. Be directed. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, when when the camera is flipped, essentially. Totally. That's good stuff, man. 
I will have a flick pick next week. I swear. Yeah. Well, speaking of movies, <laughs> uh, we do have to eventually get to a film called Yesterday, um, and I think we should do that uh, today. Sure. How about Tomorrow? now? Whoa. Yeah. Not maybe after now. a break. <laughs> Let's take a break. Uh, no spoilers yet, so please do stick around, even if you haven't seen it. And we'll be right back. Maxwell, you'll never guess where I went to dinner yesterday. Where'd you go? I went to the Handlebar right here in Chico, California. They're an amazing craft beer bar and now a full bar, and they have a great happy hour seven days a week. That's right. It's from 2 to 6 p.m. seven days a week. Like you said, you get a dollar off all their draft beers, all their cocktails, and you get half off bottles of wine, which is already a crazy deal because they've got an amazing menu. They have a patio. They're all ages, so you can bring your kids. Out on the side, you can bring your pets. Your doggo. That's a lot of fun. It Again, is. that's the Handlebar right here in Chico. They are located, if you've never been, which is a huge mistake, at 2070 East 20th Street on the south end of town. They're next to Best Buy, they're next to Winco, and they're a fantastic local business. So if you have another chance, go check them out. Once again, The Handlebar right here in Chico, California. This was my last gig. If it has happened by now, it's like a miracle. Miracles happen. Oh. Electricity flicked off all over the world. Cheese! <laughs> Yesterday, Ellie bought you a present. All my troubles seem wow. so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Oh, when did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. No. Stop it. Yesterday. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, it's not Coldplay. It's not Fix You. Do you genuinely not know who the Beatles are? Genuinely. Then I'm in a really, really, really complicated situation. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Sorry, I'm just listening to Jack's new song. What's this one called? Uh, leave it be. Let it be. Well, rock on, Jack. Oh, yeah. Tell you something. <laughs> I wanna hold your hand. Hi, we should talk. See, we pay and you write songs, and then you make a ton of money. And then we take most of it. The one, the only, Jack Malik. We would like you to write something right now. Something in the way she moves. No one's ever written this many great songs. How do you do it? Tracks me like no other lover. Sometimes it feels like someone else has written all the songs. Hey, Jude. In half my life for you to wake up and love me. But I'm a school teacher and you are the world's greatest singer-songwriter. I'm not. Except for you are. It's gonna be the greatest album of all time. I've got two men who claim that the songs are theirs. Let's see how this plays out, shall we? There's something you should know. Please make some noise for Mr. Jack Mallet! Let me just give you this advice. Song title. Hey, dude. 
Hey Dude, are you sure? Hey Dude. That's so much better. That was the trailer for Yesterday, the story of a struggling musician who realizes that he's the only person on Earth who can remember the Beatles after waking up in an altered dimension where they never existed. Max, hit me with the details. Okay, so this film came out originally on June 28th. 2019 it runs an hour and 52 minutes long and as of the 30th so just uh just at the cusp of opening weekend 17 million dollars give or take it's rated pg-13 and it was made on a production budget of 26 million dollars this stars himish patel as jack malik lily james as ellie kate mckinnon as uh jack's uh manager i guess yeah fair manager yeah. agent uh deborah and joel fry as his roadie slash kind of goofball alcoholic friend rocky Everybody needs one of those. Sure. You I am that for uh, some We people. are that for each other, my friend. What do you think of this movie? This movie was a really, really fun time. I was very happy to watch something with such a unique and original take. Uh, unless you're going to tell me somehow that this is a remake of a movie. This was a very unique idea. I'm not going to tell you that. Okay, good. I was afraid so, of Somebody that. else might, but not. I don't know that if it's true. Okay, I didn't do any research into the history of this if it was a remake, but I really enjoyed the whole concept such a unique idea, uh, and this is a little bit more than a story about just music and the Beatles. I mean, it really, um, without narrating it too much, kind of gets into some philosophical uh, and moral questions, and also it's, uh, in a roundabout way, kind of uh, a love story. Yeah. It's a little, uh, right? I, I, Well, yes, I would agree. I'm going to write that in my notes for The Danger Zone because I do have thoughts on that. Okay. Um, but but without spoiling stuff, I will say that it, it becomes a love story, in my opinion, sort of out of nowhere. Gotcha. Um, but yes. Okay. So yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed this movie. It was a fun watch. I dug the songs in it. I dug the the versions of it that we heard. A lot of the music I wasn't terribly familiar with. And then there's songs that like, I didn't know the Beatles did that. That's cool. Oh, sure. So Because never, I've never been a huge Beatles fan. So not for lack of... Um, anything not for out of spite i just never really got around to it like there's so much music out there uh but this movie really engaged me and entertained me uh and it kind of it knew what it was kind of kind yeah, of that's that's the thing that i had a problem with there was, you have to say that yeah yeah because yeah. there's some interesting elements here that i have some questions for you that i'm gonna get it, to but one of them is specifically about that definitely yeah. so overall it was a good time it was I would say not too serious of a movie. It was just kind of a, a good time, popcorny, lighthearted uh, adventure. Sure, so I liked it. What do you think? So I think, um, I mean, there's 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 a couple ways to look at this movie, and and one is you could feasibly go really cold on it right away if you don't want to buy into this idea. Mm -hmm. That and it's never really explained, which I think is okay. But essentially. Our main character is hit by a bus during a global power outage after discussing sort of the plummet of his musical career. And the fallout of that is that, among other things, people have forgotten about the music of the Beatles. Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody that's like, no, I need this to make more sense, then it's a really good point to be like, this movie sucks. Yeah. For me, I can buy into it. I think that's all fine. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to buy into the mythology and go along with what happens. It was pretty obvious from the trailer. You'd need to suspend that. Yes. So... Um, that said, like, I think this movie fails in a couple of points. And one is like this sort of central um, conflict, I guess you could say, is is that he's essentially parading around the world as the person that wrote all these amazing songs um, when he isn't. Mm -hmm. and, and for most of the movie, that's kind of the conflict that builds up. Um, and, and for me, that isn't resolved in a completely justifiable way. Right. Um, and we'll get into that later. But um, 
I think that he's a very charismatic dude. Like I liked the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Lily James is fantastic in this though. She was great. Yeah. She does kind of continually get more and more relegated to the romantic interest and less of an actual character, which bothers me a little bit. But that's what she wanted to be. That's true. Which also is kind of strange because it doesn't seem like that at first, but yeah. Um, there, there's some elements to this movie that gets back to like knowing what it is where there's like, there's some random slow-mo shots that happen. There's some like super imposition of like CGI graphics of saying like where the locations are and like a lot of emoji stuff happens mm-hmm. that kind of felt weird to me. Yeah. Like for the first 30 minutes, I wasn't even totally sure when this movie was taking place. Mm. Um, and then it becomes clear like, oh, okay, it's like modern day. There's references to like James Corden and Ed Sheeran is in this movie, mm-hmm. um, which makes me circle back around. Like, what did you think of him being in here? It was fine. I could tell they were like trying to add something with just his presence and star power. Sure. Um, I thought he was pretty good in it. I mean, he doesn't, he's not like a great actor or anything, but he wasn't terrible. Right. And I guess to some extent, he's not really asked to act in this. He's just like, he's playing Ed Sheeran, right? Versus like the Game of Thrones episode where he is, I mean, still Ed Sheeran. He's like singing a song by a campfire. Yeah. Um, My critique, I guess, for this is that when I saw him in Game of Thrones, it took me out of that moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's just Ed Sheeran. It's like an Ed Sheeran cameo. Suddenly Ed Sheeran's in Game of Thrones. Right. And here it's like, you could argue, yeah, it's the music industry. He would totally, he's like a very prominent songwriter. Of course he would show up here. But the, the way it came about. Yeah. Which actually I do like that scene. I think it's very funny. Yeah. But the movie increasingly starts to feel like an Ed Sheeran promo piece, <laughs> which is interesting because a lot of this movie is spent railing against sort of the machine, like the pop music machine. Yeah. And and by the end it almost feels like it's promoting it. Hmm. Um, which which was like a weird balance for me. Yeah. Um particularly because like the end credits are to an Ed Sheeran song. Like we see an Ed Sheeran concert, which a lot of that is not fake. I think they brought in the camera crew and he was like, here's what's happening guys. I'm in a movie mm-hmm. scream for me. And then they did it. Um, I, I don't know. So like th- that was strange. Um, what could be interesting, I think is like, there's this, there's this kind of battle between like originality and, um, I was like copying, like maybe like recapitulating, although he doesn't, he kind of like just redoes the Beatles songs. And makes a career out of it. Um, I think this movie would have been more interesting if they had focused on sort of like the moral and ethical dilemma or even like conscience dilemma of what that might be. I agree. I was anticipating that being emphasized more. And, and my, my problem, and I don't think this is a huge spoiler. We can edit it out if you think it is. But like it becomes more about the romance story by the end than it does about what we've been led to believe it's about. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's a little spoilery. A little bit. But not too bad. I think everyone could kind of see that coming from the trailer. Yeah. Um, so so I think this movie was okay. I really wanted to buy into like the the feel goodiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the people in it were very good. I don't want to look over Joel Fry's Rocky character. Mm-hmm. He had some pretty funny lines and yeah. I thought I wasn't going to like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the flip side of that, I liked Kate McKinnon at first. And then by the end, she just turned into like a caricature of like the the music manager mogul kind of thing, yeah. which is fine. Like that's, she's doing like an SNL type mm-hmm. thing. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, so overall, I suppose I enjoy this movie ish. I like, I love hearing the Beatles songs like you. I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles, mm-hmm. but for me, it's because I actively don't like their music. Mm. I love their songwriting. That's the thing. Like maybe I like it more because I heard more stripped down versions. Totally. Perhaps like, yeah. Like the Beatles have always been real busy for me. Mm. Like putting on their records are, um, and not that this can't be a good thing, but like a really intensive experience there. It feels like I'm just being barraged by tons of stuff. Mm. Um, but ultimately, like, I think the songs are really good. Um, particularly like the less abstract ones, like mm. Bob Dylan don't like his music, love his songs. Okay. But they're all very straightforward. Whereas the Beatles, like 
some of them are very good. Some of them I just don't get because I'm not into psychedelics. And I feel like that was a really big part of this. At a certain point, yeah, they kind of discovered psychedelics and then recorded all their albums like right. in private. And it was also a time in, in recording where new technology was being made. So like you could do 16 layers of mm-hmm. one line of lyrics, like just with the same melody and everything and just make it big. Yep. Um, which I enjoy. But like for me, I think there's a personal bias, particularly for like like acoustic songs, like broken down when you have like one person playing a song that in a recording is very complex and you're like, here's what the song is at its core. Um, what's there was a song where he played it for like at a table with his friends. Oh, that was that was yesterday. That was right. the first time he plays a Beatles song. Right. And I like immediately loved that song. But I was just wondering, like, maybe it's because it's more stripped down than I've ever heard it. And it felt personal and it was just it had some soul to it. I don't know. This movie definitely made me want to go back and listen to some Beatles, though, just to sure just to see. I think so. Like, well, I have two points here, I guess. Um, one is that the movie kind of a little bit toys with the idea just at the very beginning. Like, if the Beatles essentially were to release songs today, would the public be receptive of them? Like, mm. the general public. Mm-hmm. And there's a cup, there's way too many montages in this movie. There's by a the lot. Way. <laughs> um, but there's one in particular where he's like, like he's just now realized he's the only person that knows the Beatles. And he's playing their songs around like nobody cares, mm-hmm. um, which I find very interesting because it was a different time and coming back to like the psychedelic movement. Yeah. It's just a different social climate today, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Cause like, do songs stand on their own or are they sort of like a product and a manifestation of what people want? Yeah. Is music and art truly timeless? Right. Like, is it timeless because it was relevant at a certain point in or, time? Yeah. Just the nostalgia. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. And my, my problem is like they throw it away pretty quick. Um, but I, I'm really fascinated by like that kind of stuff. And I wish this movie did more of sort of like the existential questions that it could have had. Yeah. Um, and kind of, for me, went more of a traditional, um, predictable route. Yeah. It could have been super indie and like thought provoking and deep. And it, like you said, it went a bit more commercial, you know, yeah. a bit more predictable, but you, I, I think it yeah. was still enjoyable. So do you like the way that everything ended up? It was fine. Yeah. I wasn't super stoked about it, but it was, it was okay. Like the movie had to end. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's whatever. I still had fun watching it. I think it was yeah. a fun watch. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're going to rip it apart and look at it critically, there's, there's problems. And then like, we can really analyze why it ended the way it did or why what happened happened or what they should have done differently. But I mean, just reviewing it as the movie that they gave to me, I enjoyed watching it. All right. I would change a lot about it. But the movie that they presented, it was a fun watch and it made me happy. And I enjoyed talking about it with the wife when I got home. Sure. Did she go with you or no? No. Okay. No. I saw it alone. Okay. How I like it. Sure. So, no, yeah. But I think I'm going to watch it with her again. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. I, I did enjoy watching it. Like I said, there's definitely things you'd change. And I would love to see it be a more deep and complex movie. But yeah. I feel like that is also kind of a trap that we fall into sometimes, like wanting right. every movie to be super impactful. But yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a, a medium of art where like the potential is always there mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have taken a whole lot of tweaks for this movie to have been a, a lot deeper and a lot more morally questioning. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, that wouldn't have taken much. So I think the main critiques that I would have are in the writing, but sure. like I said, for what I saw, I liked. I guess, uh, how did you feel about sort of the the balance of comedy with drama in this? Did the, did the jokes work or were they, um, well, you can use your own words, I suppose. It was think? just British and dry enough to <laughs> work with drama uh, just because the, the British sense of humor really 
it, it is, I think it lends itself well to being incorporated with drama just because it has that sort of dry sarcasm. Yeah. I, I did enjoy it. I thought it played fine. Yeah. I mean, the, I don't know that I've seen a, a, a sitcom that is British. Cause like, I feel like that the, the, imp- the forced imposition of like a laugh track just doesn't work Yeah, with British comedy. I think here, like what you're saying is like, there's this like dry humor that we're almost like choking down a laugh. You're like, it's all so awkward yeah. and heavy at points. Yeah. Um, but can work really well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think with a different director, which did we even say this was directed by Danny Boyle? I don't know that we did. I don't remember. All right. Well, if we didn't, this was directed by Danny Boyle. Shout out to Danny Boyle. Um, like with, with Rocky's character, the, the alcoholic, um, what do you call those guys? Roadie, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if he's an alcoholic. I think he just likes to party. I guess. Well, that's a distinction that you <laughs> and I can argue about. Um, but yeah. Okay. At the very least dude likes to party and, and a different director might've played that up as more of a serious thing. And here it's like, I think clearly a problem Yeah. in his life. It's kind of a mess, but it's never really addressed as that. Like yeah. it's not the focus of this. And I think, I think moments like that and sort of that tone throughout the movie are actually a really strong point mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Yeah, they could have been strong, you mean, or they are. No, I think they are. I think I think not dwelling on his character and, and kind of keeping it light is, I mean, knowing the way the movie goes, I think if yeah. they had dug in a little bit deeper to, to the sadder beats in this, it wouldn't have worked as well. It fits their their narrative in the movie they wanted I think to so. make. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about without spoiling? I think I'm there, man. Yeah. Okay. You? Me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm about ready. You want okay. to give it a rating? Yeah. About the first time in a month I've remembered this. Exactly. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Thanks, man. Yeah, this movie... I'm going to give it, I don't know, it feels like about a 6.4. Okay, 6.4 for you. Yeah, it was enjoyable and a good time. It wasn't going to, it's not going to change your life. It's not going to be incredibly memorable or make any top 10 lists, but it was a fun watch and it entertained me and I giggled a lot. And uh, yeah. Okay. For what it was, it was good. 6.4 for you. I'm going to land on a a solid middle of the road five. Um, I'm a big sucker for... um, uh, it's not a biopic. Obviously it's like a, uh, reality suspended kind of biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a big sucker for like songwriter type movies. Granted, we've kind of been beat over the head with them the past. It feels like, uh, six or seven months, mm-hmm. like the, the Freddie Mercury thing. And then, uh, the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga movie that I can't remember the name of. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that called? Oh, a star is born. Star is born. Um, and then like the, the Elton John one Rocket that just came Man. out. Like, like it's just a lot re- recently. Um, so I do like the spin on this. I think it's a very fun way to do it, but there's a lot of problems and it a fun enough watch, but I'm not going to revisit it. Yeah. So five for me. That's fair. Yeah. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. What say you shall we doth take a wow. break? Wow. I love that. So, okay, good. So when we come back, um, we'll go into our second and final beer, probably final for beers that we talk about, but we will probably imbibe. I just, Assume on other stuff. Yeah, why not? Um, we're also getting hot and bothered. And just one more, fi- we'll probably warn you once more, but one more warning here. Uh, if you haven't seen yesterday yet, we're going to get into spoilers by the end of the show. So if you don't want that spoiled, just keep your ears open and we'll give you another heads up when that time doth do we and you do such come around in such a fashion. Thus saith the Maxwell. Danger zone. 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 We're here. Danger zone. We made it. Uh, I was going to give the backstory for the danger zone, but we did it like last week, I think. So it doesn't need to happen. This is trade secrets, bro. What's that? They have to listen to all the episodes if they want sure. to know. Sure. Starting at like 50 something. Yeah. I maybe think. it was episode 20. Maybe it was episode two. It's hard to say. Who knows? Listen to them all. Figure it out. Be a real fan. The real fan would know what episode we started using a note sheet. 
I think I know what number ish. I know I certainly what ten, like the tens it is. I don't, I don't even know, know that. I know. No, I mean it was a great idea. I feel so official holding. Dude, it's been longer than you think. Uh, I don't know if anybody cares. It's been almost a hundred episodes. Just so you know, with it's like notes? right, yeah, right when we moved to the, our this this studio. Okay, so very fun. I like it. We're in the danger zone. And we're into beer number two, and Johnny's going to tell you what that beer is, because you brought it today, my friend. Yes, I did. Beer number two is enjoyed by 7419, which is July 4th, America's birthday, in case you didn't know. That is what it is. you're a communist. This was brewed by Stone out of Escondido, California. It's an unfiltered double IPVA, clocking it at 9.4% and 90 IBUs. And it didn't say unfiltered on the notes, but I'm good at reading, so I know what's up. We got this in a dope little 12-ounce six-pack, come in a cool box. little on the expensive side. Yeah, I was going to say, not affordable. Not affordable at all. It's a $20 six-pack, guys. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? It's for America, so it's fine. Drink it on the 4th of July, eat a hot dog, and light some fire. go ahead and jump in and say none of the money made from the sales of this beer goes toward America, so not exactly. Well, it's a company based in America. That is true. Yeah. And Stone is still an independent brewery. Yeah. And they're one of the leading breweries keeping craft, craft, and keeping business small. So, well, fair enough. That's about as America as it gets. Well, not really. Yeah. I was going to say that's almost, almost not anti America. Clearly, that seems like it has a negative connotation. I think America is a a lot about sort of like taxes and stuff. They're keeping capitalism small, I suppose. That's true. Big for them and small for. The rest Big of us. business. Yeah. I don't know. What did they say about Let's this Let's talk about this beer. For this version of Stone Enjoy by IPA, they thought, why do why do we always have a filter? No. No. Why don't? You're putting a why there. I don't oh, know where God. that's coming from. Okay. For this episode, Johnny <laughs> forgot how to read. That's fine. For this version of Stone Enjoy by IPA, we thought, we don't always have a filter, so why should our beer? That makes way more sense. It makes a lot more sense. By skipping a step and letting this devastatingly fresh, golden-hued double IPA go unfiltered, the beer takes on a hazy appearance and its peach and tropical fruit hop aroma are intensified. So though it may sound like it, this misstep was no misstep. Indeed. Wordplay. So this this particular batch was canned um, just over a month ago on May 28th. And so we're drinking it technically uh, three days before its Mission Impossible moment where it's going to self-destruct. Because they constantly say about these beers, they're specifically... Yeah. I was trying to give you some background music. You're welcome to keep doing it. Uh, They're specifically designed not to last past their um, best buy date. Yes and no. Right. Like most people... Like if I I drank this on the 5th, I certainly will not know the difference. Yeah. I've actually never seen any real reason to think that these wouldn't keep up like any regular IPA would. No, they do. They just like to have you drink them fresh. Right. Particularly because like they're so strong, like they're certainly not going to fall off. It's a fun little gimmick to help beer sales. And it also like plays off dates. Like they make their enjoy by 420, bro. Or like enjoy by 1-1. It's like a holiday beer. You get it and drink it over Christmas and New Year's. Like it's, it's as much of a scheme to move beer as it is a fun gimmick to make the consumer feel that they're a part of the active marketing strategy of the brewery. And it is a good strategy. Like People, people like to be them. included, man. They want to be part of the action. What do you think about this beer? It's quite nice. First time you've had it, right? Uh, this batch? This batch. Every yeah. batch is a little different. Yes. I've heard that they're all essentially the same recipe, just with varying levels of hops. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is quite nice. I'm really enjoying this beer so far. I've had several sips, and it is robust and hoppy and a little juicy, but not overbearingly so. Definitely way more IPA than anything. Yeah, I don't really get any of a traditional juicy characteristic. Do you? Just from the hops, because I can, you know, you taste the hop notes, and it adds just those fruity flavors. 
Yeah, but definitely not not in line with like the first beer of today or even even other hazy IPAs we've done. No, no, no. No, it's it's a nice hop juiciness like that you get. But like it's more of just a hop flavor, you know, that they don't filter out as much. I guess yeah. that just leaves more of the hop residue in there. Yeah, okay. But it's got a beautiful hop flavor. You get way more notes from the hop. A lot of beers like this, you don't realize how much flavor is packed in a hop until yeah. you have like an unfiltered version. Hops are so good. That's why uh, double dry hop beers have become so prominent. You actually get to taste what the hops offer to the beer in like its truest form. And that's why people think they're so amazing because it's like hops at their highest potential. Sure. So this this taps into that feeling of, of having hops elevated and forward right out front. I like this beer a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good. Um, I mean, like this is kind of what I wanted out of out of the Heretic. Like, right. it's it's big. I mean, and it does. Granted, it feels lighter than the Heretic at nine point four percent. Yeah, nonetheless. But like, like, I wanted a strong backbone of hoppiness with a a decent alcohol presence mm-hmm. and 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 like a, a balanced feel. And and where I would argue the Heretic kind of leaned really heavily one direction in terms of in weight and in sweetness. This is much more balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think it falls kind of short is in the, uh, fruitiness that it's coming. Like it, it said in the description, like peach and tropical fruit. And I don't get a whole lot of that. I do get a lot of hot bite. Um, but that's kind of my qualm with this series is they all are, they're so similar most of the time minus like maybe the four twenty ones that are just abrasively hoppy, mm-hmm. um, or danky particularly. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, it's like a pretty standard stone enjoy by yeah. it's fine. I it's like strong it. and it's a good-ish IPA to me. I like it. It's one of the better and fresher, clear, relatively speaking, clear, non-hazy yeah. IPAs yeah. that I've had in a while. Uh, they have never really been ones to fit in with that trend. Right. I love that they have stayed pure to their roots and just make just super hop-forward West Coast IPAs. Yep. So for me, this beer will always be close to my heart for that reason, just because it's kind of them and their IPA are, are a big part of why I got into hoppy beers in the first place. Yeah, that's right. They're just so widely available and and really just world class mm-hmm. um, that this brings up a lot of nostalgia and just harkens back to a simpler time. Yeah, sure. Before the haze had taken over, dude. I mean, like Stone Stone IPA is one of those staples that like made people either hate. Well, probably most people like hate IPAs at first because it's it was like such a new oh yeah wild thing like it was so almost so unapproachable mm-hmm. um I, I feel like the IPA and stone is one of like the the flagship ones was one of the beers that was like made people say yeah it's an acquired taste mm-hmm. like sure beer in general but also craft beer like not everybody even even if you drink ham if your grandpappy drank hams every day when he came home he's not going to walk to the liquor store and grab a stone and be like, this is delicious. It would be off-putting. Mm-hmm. It's such an aggressive style of beer, and I think stone represents that and has since their inception. And I think this is true to that, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's also not surprising or anything unique, like much. Uh, not unique from them. Yeah, right. It, it definitely stands out in the the pantheon of popular beer at the moment. Yeah, I guess I'm just getting burnt out on the Enjoy by series. Like, it, they've been doing it for a couple years. At oh, least. they've been doing it way longer than that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They've okay. been doing it for a while. Well, I've been drinking it for a couple years. And I, I guess, like, between the price point and just, like, the marketing scheme, I'm just kind of, kind of over it. Like, I, I don't know. If they had just decided to do an Enjoy by and, and, branded it as like this is the exact same beer and we'll do it every two months and just change the date that'd be yeah. fine well i mean essentially that's what they do right but i just like it's, it shouldn't be a 20 dollars six pack that's so expensive i mean it is but also 
in a bar, this would probably be a 12 ounce pour because of the ABV. Mm -hmm. So, or a 10 ounce even. Yeah. yeah. So think about what six pours of that would cost. Well, I know, but but we've talked about this before. Like you're, I'm not getting the service. Like nobody's cleaning my glassware and pouring it for me and having nice conversations. Like I'm buying it myself so I can go home and drink alone because I'm an alcoholic. Like make it affordable. Right. (laughs) You know? Sure. But also you have to factor in the quality. Uh, and the freshness. I mean, this beer is super clean. Yeah. It drinks super, super clean and crisp and hoppy and bright. Uh, and a big part of the whole marketing strategy is so this beer is consumed as fresh as humanly possible. Because, I mean, that's – it's still technically good for yeah. probably a month or two after the enjoy-by date. Yeah. But that is optimal, you know, for your hoppy beer enjoyment as soon as possible. That's why we geek out over Pliny that's a week old. You know what I mean? So um, I haven't gotten tired of this yet. This, yeah. This this series holds up, um, and, you know, the price tag is a little steep. I mean, like, when's the last time you bought this, not including the show? Oh, shoot. I drink it every time it's on tap at a bar that no. I go to. It's, when's the last time you bought a six-pack of it? Or even, because they didn't always well, come I don't buy but... a lot of beer for my house anymore. Like, I yeah. buy... I, I honestly, I bought the Christmas version of this when they had one, or New Year's. Okay. The I think it was the Enjoy by 1-1. Okay. I bought it then. So within the last six, seven yeah. months, um, I didn't enjoy, uh, I didn't enjoy the 421 <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, in my house because they had it on at the Goose and other bars that I was drinking a lot at the time. So I just, I just had pints of it every time I went out. So I drink this beer regularly. All like, right. Pretty much... I know it's going to be a style I like. I know it's consistent. It's relatively the same beer every time. And I find that quality in it redeeming because I can count on it to be a high point of a West yeah, Coast IPA uh, on a beer true. lineup. That's true. I mean, yeah, like, ugh, I don't know. It bothered me. Because, like, like, they are so consistent. And it is, I, I, worst case scenario, I'm not flip-flopping. But fuck I, this beer for being so good every am, time. I am setting it up. Like, like, it's consistently good if you like the style of beer. Mm-hmm. It's just, it feels predatory a little bit to just like to not, it's just so expensive. And I, I know they have, they're a big enough brewery where they don't have to charge this and they know that they can. And they're like, we're just going to rebrand it every three months and charge a crazy amount for it. Like it's, tw- I don't know. You can't really level it out to just being about the ABV, which is a lot, mm-hmm. but you can find a six pack equally strong for less. You can find, I would argue better for less. And I think it comes down to the gimmick. Like, it's got an American flag on the can. Can I say that you encourage people to buy the first beer we did if you could get it for $6 a can? That, in fact, would be more per ounce than buying a six-pack of this. Were you doing that math the whole time I was talking? No. Yeah. I just know. Um, yeah, well, well, part of the reason is, like, they're not putting out fourth of Juicy every three months. It's no. like a one-off from Heretic. Yeah. And I'm saying it's not the greatest, but if you're going to a bottle share, sure, take it for 6 bucks. Mm-hmm. Nine or ten dollars, I think, is too expensive. Just like I think eighteen or twenty bucks with tax is like it's it's too much for this. I agree. It's, I would it's, rather have a beer that I could buy regularly. But also, where I got this was is a little on the higher end. They were they're a little pricey. But like, by how much? Like like probably three dollars. Well, that's not so, nothing. Yeah. So I wouldn't judge this beer entirely on the price we paid for it. Yeah, I guess I sh- I just want to jump back, and I've been kind of railing, but like it it is good. It's good, but it's expensive and it's not amazing to what me. What if it was a sixteen dollar six pack? It's still high, um, but that's that's is that sixteen after tax or before? Uh, I don't. I, I'd have to price it around elsewhere. 
Okay. But it's between like a 16 and $18. If I'm walking pack. out the door for like 15, 16 bucks with this, I'm ha- like, I have a hard time buying six packs for more than 15 bucks. Sure. If they're priced like 14, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah, it's rough. You know, what's that brewery that does, I think it's decadent brewing. They have like a 22 or $23 six pack. That's just silly. I think they are pint cans, but I'm not positive. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's like, come on, dude. When I was at, um, what is a brewery? I went to in Anaheim. Bottle, Bottle logic. logic. They had crowlers of like their regular stuff going 32 ounce crowlers. If you don't know mm-hmm. for like 24, $25. I'm like, come on. What is this stuff? And I taste it. And it's like, it's good, but I don't know, man. I just, a it's capitalism. Like, yeah, sure. If you can mark up your product, people buy it. Awesome. But also like, don't be pretentious. So the question then for me would be what IPA or double IPA? Cause this is a double, what double IPA would you go for? And what is the price range and what is the level of freshness? Like what IPA could I walk out and go to a nice liquor store or bottle shop and get that's going to be in that price range? Like what, what's the precedent in your head that you're comparing this to? I mean, um, I get that it's expensive, but I'm, I'm just curious what, what your train of thought is. I guess I'm, I guess I'm just going off of more of like what I think of when I go into a bottle shop. Like I, I know that I've bought tons of stuff for less than this. Yeah. That, that again, this is good. It's not, it's not the best beer I've ever had. And even if it was, I would still be like, that's a lot. Like, it's just, it's beer. Mm-hmm. But even if I got like my beeriest beer nerd mode, I'd still be like, yeah, okay, it's expensive. I'll buy it once. Um, but more than that just gets, it, it feels, it feels bullying to me a little bit. I'm taking a really strong stance because I feel like we're having a good discussion. I want to yeah. be like, I want to play this devil's advocate yeah. as much as I can. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a really, it's really expensive and pretty good. Which are not two things. It it should be pretty expensive and pretty good, but it's really expensive. I would say for my two cents that it is incredibly above average priced. Sure. But it is incredibly above average beer. Okay. Well, that's our difference then, I suppose. Yeah. It's not that amazing to me. I think we've just been spoiled. I think a really big part of this is that we just drink so much good beer. But we've been spoiled by beer that costs less. (laughs) Yes and and no. That's the thing. I mean, if you bought the same amount of liquid, you know, of the first beer, it would be way more yeah but we didn't you like, know we didn't like but we didn't beer. like that one but you said people should buy it for six bucks a can sure but in fact that was probably a ten dollar can so two cans of that yeah totally would be the same price that we paid for a six pack of this yep what's the better deal i mean this is definitely the better deal yeah. both in taste and price it's really it just comes down to do you want to pay for a super fresh double ipa with the best ingredients yeah. Um, you know, we're lucky enough to be in Sierra Nevada's backyard where you can get some super fresh beers every once in a while. But I mean, I drink this and I think, you know, Lagunitas puts out really fresh beer very often. Right. Um, like take a Waldo. Like what's a six pack of Waldo cost? It's like thirteen ninety nine. It's like thirteen ninety nine. Thirteen ninety nine. And how strong is that beer? That's like thirteen. Right. Yeah. And I would argue that Waldo is in almost every sense better than this beer. That's a triple IPA, but it's still in the okay, same. It's sure. in the same ballpark. I'll give it to you. But it's it's a beer that is branded as seasonal, mm-hmm. fresh, once a year, strong. So buy it while you can, mm-hmm. which is what I would say about these beers. I used to sell this beer and this beer, um, the in Stone. Yeah, I okay. used to sell Stone products, and my number one complaint with these beers with there is that there was too many of them, and they in mm. fact corrected this. They were putting one out almost every three months. Are they not doing that? At their first. No, this is the first one since Enjoy by 1 1. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, that actually makes me feel a little better. So they really cranked it down super fucking hard because it was, I was having stores that had like three different Enjoy buys. 
and it's like this is a this is a yeah, big problem. It's like, was, you, guys, a, you guys get it right? Like that can't be the thing. <laughs> yeah, like this has to be um, a label, a created demand, and then provide the supply. Yep. Not provide a supply and then hope there's demand. Right. You can't have these on the shelves while there's still other ones. Right. Like that's the that's the the bad part about the shitty part. Excuse me. Because uh, we're yeah we're there. Um, about this branding decision, if they do overstock their stuff or oversupply, yeah. like. You have they're to, screwed. Like you're specifically telling me not to buy this if it's past eight, so I'm, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, sure, you have to throttle it back if you're putting a giant expiration date that's shorter yeah. than the actual shelf life on your packaging. Yep. I'm not going to say on the on the podcast where I got this beer, but I am going to say that they had enjoy by one one on the shelf right. next to it. And that's still. the flip side. Like, and I'm sure it was on like a crazy sale. Or no? no. Oh, really? Bad move. Well, that's dumb. I didn't yeah. buy it at the best place ever. Okay. okay? I bought it because they had it. <laughs> Probably charged me too much. And that's also, a, yeah, you were like hunting for this. You you did you did your legwork to yeah, get these beers. A lot of the usual suspects were out of it sure. because they probably bought it within a reasonable They have customers quantity. that go to them because they know they stock the beer well. Exactly. Oh, when we when we stop recording, you gotta tell me yeah. where you bought it. I will. Okay. But uh yeah, so it was sold out everywhere because people that order smart know that not to go too crazy on these beers because you want to sell through. Yeah. We're recording this July 1st. Mm-hmm. This beer should not still be on your on your shelf on July 1st. That's true. By the time this episode comes out, well that's not true. It comes out tomorrow. So, never mind. You might be able to find it at one particular place that will charge you that you'll just have to find, I guess. Yeah, it's a mystery. Do you want to uh you want to give it a rating? I'm going to drink some more of it. Why don't you rate it? Okay, so I'm I'm just going to really quickly sum up my thoughts again. It's it's just taking the price out of it, which is not the smartest move, but I just want to base it on being a beer. It's strong. It is well-balanced. It's got a nice hoppy backbone to it and with enough of a mouthfeel and a, and a maltiness to carry it. I think it's a good beer. And beer alone, I think it's a solid seven, which I think is a pretty good rating. Mm-hmm. As much as you just shit on it, I it's, agree. It's a solid beer. Yeah, it is. What do you think? This beer, as every batch seems to be, uh, super consistent. It's a double IPA of the highest standard. It is a bastion of true-to-form West Coast IPA in a world of juice and haze that I, for one, super appreciate just because of the oversaturation in the market of those styles. Um, I understand that it is spendy, but quite frankly, I've spent a lot of money on hazy beers, too. So price aside... It's it's world class. It's one of the best double IPAs probably on any shelf at this exact moment. All right. Uh, this beer is an eight point four for me. It's pretty high. Yeah. Okay. It's really damn good. I challenge you to find me a fresher, uh, d- more delicious double IPA. Can we just define if we're challenging people? Where, where does the divide between double and no, triple I'm, lie? I'm talking to you. Well, so I was going to say Waldo, but like, where do we, how do we draw the line? Well, a double IPA is. A double IPA. They just have to, the brewery has to call it that? Yeah. Well, it has to be that for the brewery to call it that. What does that even mean? I guess I don't know. Uh, It's a quantity of hops used. So a double IPA, they use double the hops. And then we get back to like this debate between double IPA and imperial IPA. Like, no, that's stupid. It's not the same thing. Because a lot of beers, like, we're an imperial IPA. That just means they use like extra hops. Even like places like Beer Advocate uh, or Rate Beer or like, Almost synonymous. They're like double IPA slash Imperial IPA. Like, That's stupid. Well, I don't know. Yeah. But I think it should be one or the other. So it's a it's quantity a, of hops, you think? Yes. Or you know? No, it, it is. Okay. Yeah. We, we make them. I know what right. the recipes are. It's literally you double the hops. All right. Well, then, yeah. I uh, I will keep my eyes open for a better one. But yeah, I'd be curious to see. Because, I mean, if there is one that's cheaper and on the market and this fresh, 
uh, I would love to drink it and save money. So sure. please enlighten me. Tweet me. Tweet us. Yeah. Um, At Johnny Manitoba. Yeah. I'm never on Twitter. You're not. Yeah. We're just on Twitter as our podcast. Yeah. At this point. Except yeah, no, we have to like our own Get in list. touch with us if you have a double IPA recommendation because I would love to try. I love trying new things. And if I've had it and I forgot about it, it needs to be brought to the forefront of my memory. Until then. We haven't sat down in about a week. We haven't. We're just going to pretend it's been a week, even though it's been a. It's been less. Last week was weird for me. My back was thrown out. Listen to that episode if you want. Yeah, he was a gimp. Yeah. A gimp with a limp. Yeah. Um. So let's jump into Hot and Bothered. What have you been up to the past, let's say, week? Let's say week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we're, although, we're lying to you guys. If I yeah, if I may jump in really quick, I went to a wedding as we <laughs> talked about on our bonus content. She just asked me what I've been up and to, and then I pulled it back. <laughs> um, I just want to give a shout out to my friends Jenna and Stephen. They got married uh, in Atascadero or near enough. Nice. And I played some songs for their ceremony. It was a great wedding, and they are great, and they're the kind of couple that you look at, and once you know them, you're like. No problem. You guys are going to be great for nice. life. So shout out to you guys. Super stoked for your wedding and your upcoming life. Cool. You're doing great. I'm stoked for their upcoming lives Perfect. too. Perfect. Uh, you met them once. Did I? Yeah. 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 At they, a Game of Thrones know, night. They were at a Game of Thrones night. Cool. Yeah. I'm sure they were lovely. They were lovely. I meet way too many people, yeah. but I, if they're friends of yours, they're good enough for me. Deal. And that's all I have yeah, to say. Deal. <laughs> um, and they're friends of yours, right? They weren't just clients. No, they were friends. Yeah. No, cool. I wasn't originally playing the wedding. I was going, which is a crazy thing. I never go to weddings. I play weddings. You've expressed a desire to simply attend a wedding. And sometime. I almost did. It was, it was so close. Which <laughs> good enough for me. Real close. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. No, it was good. It was fine. I Once I stopped playing and I'd like tear down and then I was done, I was like, what do I do now? Oh, I guess I just hang out. And I can talk. have fun. It was weird. I can drink and like hang out with people I yeah, know. It's very strange. Yeah, that is weird. What's up with you? Uh, really, I just drank a lot. So okay. we recorded last Thursday, and then last Friday I had the night off. So we do you usually not have the night off? Uh, we usually have plans, either oh. dinner plans, dinner parties, out with friends, just family activities. There's so much shit. So it's like a rare night where like we have no plans on a Friday. Don't have to go anywhere, be anywhere. So we just got right. drunk and watched MasterChef. Yeah. Like we caught up on this week's MasterChef and then we started MasterChef Junior from this year. Which you love. Uh, I do love. Yeah. Uh, so we just went hard on that. So that was kind of boring, but it was a fun hot because it was relaxing and enjoyable to just have a nice quiet night at home. And Saturday was the complete opposite. Right. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> went to a wedding for Jenna and Dan. Right. Congratulations. I'm sure. sure. They'll have a nice yeah, happy Yeah, shout life. out there. Yeah, I don't know them at all. Uh, my, the co-workers. Then friend. their wedding sucks. Yeah. I don't know. No. <laughs> wife, you listen to the bonus content. Yeah, if listen to the bonus Patreon, content, guys. I talked about it a little bit. It was a, it was a beautiful ceremony. I didn't know them really well. I met them like for five minutes once at the handlebar. Uh, they work with my wife. But after the wedding, came back home. This is my real hot had an amazing bottle share with like a core group of maybe 10 people that I've been drinking beer with since I got into the beer game like six years ago. Oh, um, I could guess these people. Yeah, you too. probably could. Right. But, um, you know, it was really fun. Our, our good buddy from LA, JJ, came up and he was over and we just had a great time. And it was not about getting drunk it was about enjoying flavors and it was about laughing with like yeah. 10 people that you get along with better than most people in the world and it's a it's, nice thing it was really nice and i was just saturated with a feeling of um 
really being lucky to have a good friend group. Nice, dude. I didn't grow up with a huge group of friends, so having like 10 people that all get along and want to hang out at my house is a weird feeling. I guess it's like what popularity feels like. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> I go to either. public yeah. school. I yeah. don't know this shit. Right. Um, but it was cool, man. It was a really good time and uh, just really good fellowship, good hangs, lots of laughing. No one didn't get along. And it's just, it's always so nice when those nights just go fucking perfect. Yeah. And it's rarely a, a thing that happens, but when it does, it's it's beautiful. Uh, any standout beers? Ooh. That you would... Personally, I'd never had. I had a cherry vanilla darkness. Oh, uh, I can't think of the brewery. From Surly. Surly, yeah. Yeah, that one was really good. There was a chocolate vanilla coconut stout from Cigar City, barrel-aged in rum barrels, I believe. Nice. Uh, I took a video of the kill shot. I'd have to look through it. Oh, dude, that's Instagram worthy. Yeah. If you don't mind me saying. Oh, yeah, I could throw it up there, no problem. Um, there, There was some really good ones. Trying to think what else. There was a, a Westley, which is like a double version of West Ashley from West Ashley, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Crazy sour beer. All right. And then some beers from Holy Mountain up in Seattle, some crazy sours. So I think the cherry vanilla darkness was really a standout for me. Nice. It was so good. Yeah, I bet. Uh, double Stack was there. There was like six beers from Great Notion. Nice, dude. A uh, bunch of Tioga Sequoia. There was a- Oh, so Gomez was there. Yep. You said Double Stack, <laughs> and then you said you said uh, yeah. Tioga Sequoia. Exactly. Sure. Uh, Brian McGilvery of 5050 sure. fame. Like, was Dan there? Uh, Dan wasn't there. Ah, shoot. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but yeah, Brian McGilvery came out from Reno just for the share, which was really cool. Yeah. I think he came out just no, for he the came, share. He came from, oh, yep. I say from Truckee, but yeah, sure. Nah, I'm Same. pretty sure he just came out to hang out for the night. Yeah. So. But yeah, it was really cool. That's that's my hot. And nice, I dude. don't have much bothered other than being hungover off and on sure. for the next two days <laughs> or last two days just yeah. because I had so much fun. Yeah. Um, but a small price to pay for such great times. I think so too. Yeah. So I have, you, you mentioned uh, MasterChef and Junior MasterChef. Yeah. So Gianna and I have been watching it. Gianna, my fiance, again, if you're a new listener, thanks. Who and are also, you? Yeah. Um, so we've been watching MasterChef. I'm not a big fan of reality TV. In fact, I think most of the time it's toxic. It's garbage. To society. Yeah. But MasterChef and, and cooking shows seem to be kind of this area where you miss most of the, like, the shitty drama. Yeah. That comes with like like bachelor, bachelorette type shows. There's some, but they usually get voted off fairly early. Well, so that's the problem. So the first and second seasons we, we knocked through, they were great. And and then it's, we're in season four right now. And season four has gotten to the point where if, if you've never seen MasterChef, there are uh, three judges at this point. There's Gordon Ramsay, there's Graham. I can't, what's his last name? Do you know Graham? He's not in the show anymore. Hancock. Sure. And then know. there's Let's... Joe, also somebody. Yeah. Um, it, And the problem that I'm having is that when these shows start out, the judges are kind of normal people. And then by this point in the show, they're like, well, well, Graham is a sweetheart, so we're going to play that up. And Joe's an asshole, and he's going to be mean to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and the contestants are also people until season four where they're like, one is the drama queen, and one is just the gay guy, and one is like the token black person, and one is just a dude from the Bronx that knows how to cook barbecue. And it's like the show's gotten so intense that it's hard to watch, and the editing is crazy. Like, it's clearly not linear. They're just like trying to make the best quote-unquote TV they can. Mm-hmm. So I think they clean that a lot. They might in future seasons, just to give you Thank a little you bit of hope. Yeah, yeah. So, so last night we're watching MasterChef, and I'm googling like the best documentary for behind the scenes of reality cooking television. Ooh, I like this. And what I discover is not a documentary, but a show 
on um, I want to say Hulu. Uh, I think it's I think it's Hulu. Uh, I can confirm that in a second, but it's called Unreal, and it is a it's a fictional but reality based show about what happens behind the scenes on move or on shows like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and it's really really harrowing and kind of gross. And 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 from everything I read about it before watching it, it's like the truest depiction that is not blatant reality TV about reality TV. Well, about like what actually happens. Like there's teams of people casting contestants just so they can play part in their plot lines. And it's all written. Of course. Yeah. Or at the very least like suggested, like they really liquor people up and they're like, mm. this is going to be our villain. So we got to get her mad at the, the hunk of the show. And then we need to create cat fights. We need to create drama. And like you get a bonus in your paycheck. If you get somebody to take off their shirt or like fight somebody, it's like, so it's so gross. Mm. And it's just like reaffirming everything I felt about reality TV yeah. before I started watching MasterChef. And, and then I read an article about somebody who was a contestant on MasterChef that somehow managed to not sign the non-disclosure agreement. So like told everybody what happens and it's so gross. Really? So this started as a hot, but it's becoming a bothered hmm. <laughs> again. But if you want to watch the show that I'm talking about, it uh, it's called Unreal. It's on Hulu. Um, I posted about it on my Facebook page, and people are like, seasons one and two are great, and then season three and four are not so much. So I'm uh, I'm starting on the fourth episode of season one, and I'm probably going to stop after season two because I learned from Letterkenny. I just want to keep things when they are good. <laughs> I don't want to watch them just plummet. I don't watch The Office after Michael Scott leaves. As you probably shouldn't. Yeah, it's not good. No, just start it over. Yeah. No. Yeah. Simple. So that's where I'm at, man. Okay. Okay. Do you still get fired up to watch MasterChef? Well, so this just happened last night. So we Gianna went to bed because she had to work at, uh, this morning. Yeah, at oh, dark 30. Right. So I, uh, I stayed up for th- essentially three hours watching the first three episodes of this show. Mm-hmm. So I went to bed at like 2.30. And I have not watched Master Se- Master Chef since. But are you excited to watch it? Not really. It's ruined. I'm, but the other thing is, in this stupid article I read, it told me who won the season I was currently watching. Oh, which uh, pros and cons here? Bummer that I know it. The drama is gone, but also like it's the person that I was rooting for. So I'm like, okay, cool, all right. But then it's also like the 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 showrunners basically like pick like a, a contestant that they want to have win mm. from the, from the get, like this is going to be the person and we're going to write them a story and create the drama mm-hmm. to make their, their victory feel earned. That's, and it's like, God damn it. Just yeah. f- it's fucked because I know that. Yeah. Like, right. I know you can't that. not. No, I know. Yeah. But, MasterChef is so compelling because I love cooking shows. It's just good TV. It is. Dude. So <laughs> Did I, I talk about chef on the bonus or on here? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was on the bonus. No, well, I think it was here. It was here. You're right. It yeah, because it, yeah, it was in. Um, it was right before I started talking about Yardy. Yeah, yeah, it was flick picks. Yeah, but that's why Chef's great because it's kind of like. Well, right. It comes back to the transparency thing. Like they're showing you what's happening behind the yeah. scenes, and it's just two or three people cooking. Um, I found the formula, and I think we've talked about this, if not on a regular episode, then uh, on bonus stuff. We're like, I found the formula for MasterChef. You can skip essentially like half the show because mm-hmm. half of it's like here's here's some real footage yep all right you guys both did great and the winner is and this is where the fake footage starts like dun 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 new face dun 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 and then back to gordon mm-hmm. like congratulations and dun 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 and like you can skip you can time it almost perfectly mm-hmm. the episodes last like 15 minutes long mm-hmm. so in that sense it's fun to watch i like watching them cook stuff too though i like i love the cooking part i like the process I love anything about food yeah though th- yeah i whatever. think you would really love chef 
Yeah, I'll, I'll revisit it. I would love for you to watch that series. Deal. It's so good, and it scratches that itch so much. That'll be my hot and bother next week. Cool. I like that, man. John, it's down. good, and I, it makes me want to watch like more and better cooking shows. Like I'm sure there's some sure. good ones out there. On oh yeah, YouTube. yeah. If you like a cooking show on YouTube or uh, Hulu, Netflix, if there's like a, a cooking or, show or that if I haven't you like those clips that come across your Facebook feed that play like generic white people ukulele music while they're adding like eggs and it's a time I was like. Ksh, ksh, ksh. Mix, 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 mix. Oven. You know what I'm talking about? You no. have. Oh, you're not on Facebook. But no, they're on Instagram too. Like, kind of. It's like a time lapse thing. They're like, "Here's your new look. Cook a lemon meringue pie in 60 seconds." Oh yeah, yeah. Like that kind of I've stuff. I've seen those. Those yeah. are pretty cool. They're cool. They're great. Yeah, they're about I like cooking. Them. I have so many of those about like barbecue and barbecue you ideas. You just save them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's good stuff. It's great. So yeah, hit me with your your cooking show recommendations. Until then, I'm going to be watching Master Chef, Master Chef Junior, and Chef. So we're going to get back into yesterday. If you haven't seen it, we're talking spoilers. So go watch it. Come back and finish this episode. Or if you don't care, then just listen. Just keep listening. It's a do, good time. Do nothing. So I only have one thing I want to talk about with this movie. Do you have anything particularly? Um, we talked about the how it sort of flip flopped into a love story. That's, that's the um, thing I had down. Yep. And the the thing that bummed me out, uh, like probably the most, was our main actress, her character arc. Yeah, uh, sure. Lily James, yep. played by Ellie, or Ellie, yeah. played by Lily James. Yep. I loved her. She mm-hmm. was an amazing character in this movie, but um, I think I like her more as an actress by herself. Like I liked her performance, but I would like to see her have more to work with. Yeah, I think she had some depth, but also that the, her character was written in a way that like became a cliche, right? And that kind of sucked because the whole end of this movie it became a super montagey cliche of a rom com, and then it just ended. Yep. And I'm like, ugh. It kind of goes back to what you were saying. Like, we both wish it would have been more of a moral dilemma. Like, it, it could have been so much deeper than it yep. was. Yep. But it it was it ended shallow. I think that's totally. the best way I can describe it. Just just talking about Lily James, I was, I was just looking this up while you were talking. Um, the ones that I came up with, she was in Baby Driver. She oh, was in right. Cinderella. Um, she was in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Oh. And, and in all these movies, she is sort of like the the romantic foil for the main character, mm. which is such a bummer because I, I'm i looking through her her list on, on Letterboxd here, and I'm trying to find stuff that I've seen her in. But most of the ones that I've seen, she's just kind of like the, the romantic interest, which is such a bummer because she could be so good. Yeah. But she's constantly relegated to these roles of being like. Not that there's anything wrong with being a romantic interest, but like if the movie's sure. written well. Like, I think she's right. been gifted with some shallow roles. Like, I don't want to spend a lot of time uh, pining about what this movie could have been, but I will for just a moment. <laughs> what if this movie... I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do just it. Just for a moment, yeah, I will. Like, like in the beginning of this movie, um, again, just here's spoilers. <laughs> he is, he's a, by all accounts, failed musician um, trying to do what he's doing. And she's a very supportive, let's say, manager, mm-hmm. someone who's clearly interested in him. Um, like I would have loved if this movie had followed her for like the first almost half of it, right? Like it, making that shit happen for him, and instead she just kind of becomes this this fawning, cute face. She's just the voice on the phone that says, "I got you a gig," and it sucks, man. Like she could have been so much more. Yeah. Um, and and it's just not interested in doing that for her. It, it was frustrating too, like how obvious it was she was into him. Yep. I'm like, yep. Oh, this is to the point where like people don't. She wouldn't. She would not do that. Like literally, like crossing her hands under her chin, like looking after him as he gets hit by a bus. Like the the, the sigh. God. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, whatever. So silly. That's fine. Yeah. So it really fell into some old cliches like that. Right. So, but even like, so let's throw that aside. The movie doesn't really, outside of those couple moments, like build it up for what happens with her when when he puts her on the big screen at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's building towards this 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 conscience problem he has of like, oh, I've stolen all this music, or is it stealing it? Because that's not, what I was wondering. Like, like, how do you? Yeah, how do you quantify? If they don't exist, is it stealing? And this is the problem with analyzing this in the terms of reality, because like we don't really know the rules of this universe. We just know that people don't know the Beatles. Yeah, except for the two people that do. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah, there's two people that do. And my thought would be like, once we know those two people do, he's he to be a decent dude. He has to come clean. I'm opening a beer. Sure. It is a it is a surly darkness. A surly blue ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> um, same batch as uh, as last week, huh? Yeah. Without the writing on the label. Yeah. Ribbon. Um, no, but I think once you know that these two people know about the Beatles for some unex- inexplicable reason, remember the Beatles, he has to come clean because probably there are more people. But then it, it's like making this big statement about what it means to be an original writer. Like you have to own it or not, which says a bunch about Ed Sheeran, like Ed Sheeran coming back to him is like kind of been the, the spokesperson for like, I write my own stuff. And he's also been accused of plagiarism. Right. And increasingly it seems like he does not write his own stuff. So it's like, you could read into this movie for about 30 seconds. And you're like, wait, but that doesn't check out. Like this movie doesn't really come back to your first point. Like doesn't really know what it is. Yeah. And that's, I don't know a lot about being a film critic, but I know that that's one question you need to ask every movie. Mm-hmm. Does it know what it is? Does it know what it's trying to do? Sure. Um, and those questions weren't super clearly answered. They were just uh, kind of ignored in a fun way that kept you like distracted yeah. from that question. Yep. yep. You know, like, oh, here's some fun plot. Here's some romance that doesn't quite make sense. Right. Uh, and just the way they got together, it was like, they're not together. He realizes after so long that she's into him, and he's like, "Well, I've always loved you." I know. It's like, what how do you the do? Fuck? Like, really? Like, you haven't mentioned it even once. Yeah. Like you're like so, you were never even into her. Right. So, so really briefly, there's a scene where she comes to Liverpool when he's touring there, I think, and then they like get drunk together and end up in in her room or his room or something, mm-hmm. and like they're almost gonna hook up. Which, by the way, the background when that like blank TV. Very beautifully shot scene. Yep. They're about to kiss and they do kiss, but then it kind of goes nowhere. Like that's all the evidence we're given that he's always been in love with her. Cause prior to that, right. it's like, he's just kind of been like, you're my driver. Yeah. You drive me to gigs. And, and and the fact that we are subjected to him saying in Wembley stadium, I've always loved you always like, no, you haven't. Yeah. You're the worst. You're the only, she's the only chick that was ever into you. Right. She should be with Gavin. Yeah. Gavin, by the way, I think I don't, I didn't write his name down the actor, but there's a moment where he, he like um, he's hearing about this on a giant stage. He's mm-hmm. hearing about it and he's like almost crying. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell like, is he crying because it's so beautifully delivered or because he's like sad for his own heart. Right. I genuinely wasn't sure. That kid is great. She should have been with him. Yep. I that agree. Was great. At one point, Lily James' character says like, he's always put me in the right column, which is a reference to something else. But I was like, ooh, that was great. Their whole tangent was like, they're perfect. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, a little frustrated with how it ended, but um, I still enjoyed it. Like, I like kind of agree with you. Like, I don't really plan on revisiting it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to run out to get it. I'll watch it again. I would watch it again if somebody who I care about wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, no, this movie sucks. I won't. Gianna loves Ed Sheeran. Word. So I'll watch it with her, but the whole time I'll be like, Ed Sheeran is not a great part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about one other thing that I thought was fucking weird. Yeah. What they chose 
to also not exist in this universe. That joke got so old to me, too. So old. And then all of a sudden, Harry Potter doesn't exist. Cigarettes don't exist. Yep. Coke? Coke. Weird. Coca-Cola. And th- that's it. And, like, you want to read those, into it. Those three like, things. I don't, I don't think there's any content there. Like, I just, like, random popular stuff. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like, the the very end where he's, like, he references Harry Potter. And she's like, who? And he's like, Harry Potter. And then we go, Harry Potter. And then he's like, Cause never mind. It doesn't matter. That's important, I guess, for him to be like, for us to just really just to have it spelled out. Like, oh, he's learned his lesson. You don't have to. He's not going to write a book about Harry Potter. Yeah, like, but yeah, the Coke thing was weird. Yeah. And they played it off way too many times as cocaine. Like the Pablo Escobar thing was chuckle worthy because I think it was like the first one. Yeah. Or the second after Coke, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, all right, that's enough. Or that was Coke. Yeah. Um, And then he's asking for it on airplanes and it's just like. Right. Yep. That was done. We get it. Yeah. And, and. It didn't really go anywhere. Like, it would have been interesting if, like, other major things from pop culture weren't in existence. I think they could have gone further and created, like, a weird parallel universe where, like, pop culture is all fucked up. I mean, the fact that there's no reason or rhyme to it and there are no, yeah, like you're saying, like, no noticeable consequences. Like, what's the point? Just for a gag, like a quick gag. Yeah. Oh, cigarettes don't exist. Cool. Like, it went nowhere. Doesn't matter. It went nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. A lot of, lot of weird, weird stuff in this movie that doesn't pan out. And I think it comes back to a crucial point of like this movie, not really knowing its identity. It wanted to be a moral dilemma at first. So it's like half moral dilemma, half rom-com. So when, <laughs> when, yeah, when John Mayer made continuum, what? uh, this was an album of his. Okay. He wrote the whole album and he went to his producers and said, all right, we're done. And his producer said, there's not a hit on this whole thing. And they made him write Waiting on the World to Change, which everybody knows because it's on the radio forever. I think that's kind of what happened to this movie. Like there was an original draft and then they were like, let's make it about a moral dilemma. This guy stealing the Beatles songs. Wait, there's really no sin. love story. Like, yeah, no, we need, to, we need to make it accessible to the public. So write in this whole other tangent that makes mm. zero sense. That, all, that makes And sense. most people, by the way, I don't know if you've seen the ratings, uh, viewers like it and critics are like, meh. And I think this is why I think that this makes is the, so like much the, sense. The perfect delineation of like what the problem is with this movie for the average person. Like it makes total sense to have this, this, this arc at the end where like he has kids and they have a happy life. And the rest of us are like, what the fuck? That kind of validates why would that be the thing that validates a lot of how I feel about this movie. Cause yeah. the viewer in me that went to the theater sure. had a good time. The, mm-hmm. the person that has a podcast that watches movies critically thinks this movie's full of fucking holes. Yeah, and like, just, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Like, I talked to somebody that doesn't watch a lot of movies. I'm like, yeah, you'll probably enjoy it. Yeah, and you'll enjoy like, the shit out of and it. And they're like, good. Well, I loved Green Book. Let's let's do this. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah, or Arrival. Or I hated Arrival. Ugh. I still I'm sticking by Arrival. If you I'm watch gonna... that again, I think you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself in the past. But Ooh, that's just me having faith in future that's a great, you. Great. Uh, can we get that on a bumper sticker? Yeah. If you what would the what would it be? Uh, I don't know. You, you'll kick future. You'll kick. It, kick yourself in the you past. You in the past will kick future you. No, I like it. Kick versa. yourself yeah. in the past. That's good. That sounds like a song. The bumper sticker I want to make is uh, leave space for cars hyphen end traffic. It's the best. Whoa. Is, that's how you do it. That's but deep, man. It's, it's just really straightforward. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Kick yourself. Kick yourself in the past. 
Leap space for traffic. That feels like a song. I feel like that's a good song title. Sure. And I call it. Sure, that's that can be you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that one. That's fine. I don't Bruh. That's a good it's a decent one. Stick, Bruh, stick with Beatles covers, all right? Sure. Uh, okay, we didn't have any listener feedback this week, did we? Uh, did Nick Land email us last week? Last week. Okay. Yeah. That was the, yeah, last week. So we'll just we thank him again. Yeah, thanks, thanks for Nick that. Land. Uh, we got some listener direct input. Did we? From one Mr. Jared Schmidt, who uh, did give oh. us those beers. I don't know if we shouted him out. No, we didn't. For giving us those beers. Which beers? Uh, he gave us an Anchorage double IPA, and he gave us that oyster stout. Oh, sure. No, I think we talked about that. I don't remember if we shouted him out specifically. Yeah. But if we didn't, that was like that was like three weeks ago. Was it? At this point, it's that's like so far gone. I don't, I don't really remember know. things. Either way, it's a free shout out. Whatever, you get a shout out. You sure. get a shout out. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um, next week we have a movie coming at you. It is, and I hate that I have to say this for like what feels like the billionth time on this podcast. <clears throat> the latest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have another superhero movie coming your way with Spider-Man: Far From Home. And we have beers that we have not determined yet, but we certainly will. I'm guessing they're going to be strong because neither of us is necessarily lining up hours in advance to see another Marvel movie. Sound right to you? For sure. But we both like Spider-Man, so. Yeah, I like Tom Holland quite a bit. He's great. He's on an episode of Chef. Really? With Robert Downey Jr. Oh, my God. I'm watching that one tonight. It's real good. Um, okay. Well, do you want to let people know who, 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 who this episode would not be possible without? This episode nice. would not be possible without the continued support and eternal undying love of one young Bailey Minardi. Good for you, man. <laughs> uh, and the rest of you, if you want to get a shout out like that, just name your demands and email to us and then sign up for patreon.com slash fresh cinema. And you can, uh, within reason, if you're related to one of us, tell us we have to shout you out at the end of every episode or you won't support our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and you can uh, slide into those DMs. PM or DM or at us. All right, switch the last two. Or you can catch up with our beer and movie reviews on uh, Untapped and Letterboxd, respectively. If, if we keep up with them. Which we're going to. We got to catch up. Yeah, for we sure. We should do that tonight. We're going to. We're going to update the website. We're going to do it now. Which is freshupcinema.com. Uh, let us know what you think about any of the stuff that we've drank or seen this week. We'd love to hear it. It's fun. It's fun hearing feedback. I enjoy it. Johnny enjoys it. That's right. Uh, speaking of which, that's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. Have a happy 4th of July. If you drink, please don't drive. Be safe. Don't blow your fingers off and have a hot dog for America. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.